All right, we're back. We're here. We're here right now. Okay, we're gonna go over some some topics. We're gonna talk about some things, and most importantly, we're gonna go over. First of all, first thing we're gonna go over is the Canelo versus Calum Smith fight because I want to point some things out. I want people to understand what's really going on here. So let's talk about it first. Um, you got Canelo Alvarez, unanimous decision over Calum Smith. I already knew this was going to happen because if you if you just look at um, Canelo already fought a tall guy before. His name was Rocky Fielding. Ate his body up and, um, you know, he stopped him. Ate his body up, stopped him. Calum Smith, same type of somewhat same type of fighter because he is six foot three tall linky and canelo alvarez if you don't know is only five foot eight and at five foot eight five foot nine he you know what he's gonna do he's gonna try to eat up your body but in the fight it played out a little bit different. That's what I thought was going to happen in the fight, that uh, Canelo was just going to eat up his body because I'd watched some fights of Callum Smith before. Callum Smith, to me, just looked at like a kind of like a one, kind of like a one-two, kind of try to move a little bit, maybe not the best of power. And then I saw him against another shorter guy similar to Canelo's size, and he had had troubles with him all night. So when it comes to Canelo, who's one of the top fighters in boxing right now, um, I knew that he would just have his hands full all night. So what ended up happening is that Count Smith really was being stalked all night by Canelo Alvarez, and he was on his back foot throwing, you know, a couple ones and two shots that were landing, but nothing that would seriously hurt Canelo. Even on the uh, the sports cast that the crew that they had working even said that basically from round two on, Canelo was just trying to walk him down, which was very true because Canelo throughout the entire fight didn't respect any of his power. He was just coming straight forward at him, and it was pretty pretty evident that Canelo was just going to win unanimous decision or he was going to actually knock him out because Canelo was putting some hits on him. He's putting some uh, some big hits on, uh, on Callum Smith, but credit to Callum Smith. He has a good chin, good body. Even though I think they said that uh, he has like a separated, a tear, a separated muscle from his arm or something. If you go look back at the fight at the end of the fight when they're doing the post-fight interviews, Callum Smith's, uh, I believe it's his left arm, looked at uh, massively swollen compared to his uh, right arm. So uh, Canelo definitely did some damage on that. But overall, Canelo was just blasting him with big power shots. Um, I'm surprised he stood up too. It was very, uh, you know, very commendable on Callum Smith. You, I mean, it, it, the way it was going, you could have made a made an argument that his corner could have stopped it, but credit to them, they didn't. They kept it going. So, you know, kudos to him. He's a real warrior. But what it shows is that to me, in that fight, it just just no respect was given to Callum Smith. He put up a, a little bit of a fight, but it was really no resistance. Canelo just walking him down, hitting him with big power shots. Eating, he was eating Callum Smith shots like they were freaking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He just eating them because it wasn't it wasn't affecting him at all. So, you know, Canelo, I give him I give him credit. Outstanding fight. Um, people want to give him. People want to rate him number one pound for pound. I still think it 
you have to rate Terrence Crawford number one pound for pound only because he completely unified a division, went up a division, beat beat two guys who had already one guy who had already beat Manny Pacquiao on paper and everything. I still think Terrence Crawford skill wise is better than uh Canelo Alvarez even but I will give Canelo Alvarez credit because he has gone up four weight classes and won even though there's a little uh, slightly sus on the opponents that he had because I think if you look at uh, most of his opponents you'll see that most of them are over the age of 30 most of them had some good losses on them. They got their titles a little, a little iffy, a little, little suspicious how they got some of their titles. And then the guys that he, you know, he actually lost to, you know, the judges were kind of, you know, on his back pocket. So, you know, for me, it was a good, it was a good referendum on uh, Canelo. He did his job. He did what he had to do. At the end of the day, he did what he had to do. Callum Smith didn't give up much resistance. He basically was just on his back foot trying to throw the jab, a couple hooks here and there, but Canelo was just either bobbing and weaving him or he just didn't care and just would eat a couple and then just blast him with a power shot, one, a one or two power shot. And then a couple of times when he really had him on the ropes, almost completely hurt, he was hitting him with uh, big combos on the, uh, on the ropes. But kudos to Canelo on that. I'm not exactly sure where he goes from here because, honestly, between the 160-168 division, the only names you've got are, you know, Billy Triple G for a trilogy, um, even though I think he washes Triple G at this point because Triple G's 38. He's just old. you got Demetrius Andrade. Uh, who else is there? You've got uh, Caleb Plant at 168. There's a couple other guys, but... You know, right now, as far as like super fights or really big fights between 160, even 175, um, there aren't too many. But honestly, you know, I won't take anything away from uh, if you want to rank them right now, I'd rank them probably two or three behind Terrence or uh, I have to figure out maybe even Errol Spence at this point. But, um, you know, good job on him. Good job on Canelo on that. And. We'll have to see where he goes from here, because I'm not sure. So now, I want to get into the AJ Pulev fight that I saw last week. And from my observation, it was it was a good fight. It seemed like AJ was starting to get back into his old ways, you know. AJ, you know, he knocked out Pulev, I believe it was in the... Ninth round, he knocked him out. You know, it was really good. It was a really good fight for uh, AJ. But if you watch the fight, if you were, if you if you look at the fight, you look at it from from an outside standpoint. You watch Pulev, you could tell Pulev is old. It's not it's not sugarcoat here. The man's like almost forty. He's an old fighter, still trying to you know chase a little bit of glory. He's had a couple legal troubles here and there, but um, it was. You watch the fight, you see the first two rounds, there's nothing really going on. AJ's starting to pop him with that jab, and then boom, third round rolls around. AJ drops him, hits him with some massive uppercuts, killing him. And then he even turns his back. Pulev even turns his back. I don't know why the uh, referee didn't stop it there. You don't turn your back in a boxing match. Everybody knows that's a kind of unwritten rule. You don't turn your back because you're submitting. 
That's a submissive, submissive move right there. You don't do that. But AJ doesn't go after him completely. He uh he he kind of makes it to the next round because it was he uh when he knocks him out, knocks him down. It was towards the end of the round, so he had a chance to make it to the next round. So through the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round. AJ doesn't completely empty the tank and murder him. He just more starts starting to plot him, but Pulev is starting to hit AJ a little bit. I think what you're seeing with um, Anthony Joshua, who is AJ, that's what I'm referring to, you're starting to see that the fight with Ruiz, when he got knocked out by Ruiz the first time, you're starting to see a change in his style. Because when I watch him, he's between two styles. He's between his old style, which was just, Come forward, seek and destroy that original. Before he met Ruiz, that's all he was known for. Then he had like 19 fights, 18 knockouts, something like that. So that's what he's doing that. And then you're also starting to see the AJ Ruiz to Anthony Joshua, which is kind of like a little more Ali style, a little more stick stick and move, pop him with the jab. And then when you have an opportunity, hit him with a one-two, you know, in and out type stuff. But what you're seeing out of AJ is kind of like a little, it's a weird hybrid between the two. Because in the third round, you saw him go after him. You saw him go after him and knock him down twice. But then through the next couple rounds, you see him kind of more plotting, jabbing. Now, I think that's more, I think that's a combination of two things. It's one, he doesn't want to get knocked out again. Everybody knows Anthony Joshua's chinny. Somewhat, he's somewhat chinny. Everybody knows this. He's been knocked down by. Uh, he's he was knocked down by Vladimir. He was knocked down by Ruiz, and he um, apparently he was knocked. He was uh, you know he was stunned by Dillian White. So he is chinny. You can you can, you know, topple this giant, this giant man. That's why his style is a hybrid of both what he was before and the Andy Ruiz two fight. Because all B, he wants to he wants to murder you. He wants to knock you out. But now he wants to be somewhat conscious. And on top of that, I don't believe he has enough stamina to get you out of there when he wants to. Because obviously, if you didn't know, the man's 6'6 and carries around a lot of muscle. He's he's very muscular for his size. He doesn't look like a usual heavyweight. That big and muscular. So between the stamina and the Andy Ruiz 2 fight it's kind of morphed him into this somewhat aggressive yet somewhat passive fighter it's kind of it's kind of weird it's hard to explain you have to watch the fight to really like get a understanding of what I'm talking about but it was it's kind of weird it's like he's aggressive yet he's like ah well let me not be too aggressive you know I'm only trying to get knocked out I want to make that Tyson Fury fight which I also think Tyson Fury mur- mops the floor with uh, AJ just on boxing if he just wants to box if Tyson Fury wants to come forward like he did Deontay Wilder you know obviously that's another problem but we're still talking about AJ Pulev Pulev you know, you give credit to him. He made it the nine rounds until he got knocked out. But after that third round, he didn't really want no parts of that. He was just he was just there for a payday. He was forty. He didn't know what he was doing. He it was a bad it was a bad look for Pulev. All that hype build up. He was like, I'm gonna show you I'm number one and all this other stuff. You know, 
Ridiculous. Nonsense. Pulev, he got hit. He got hit one of them shots. He was like, you know what? I don't want no parts of that. I don't want that. I don't want my health messed up. I don't want that on me. I want that on my conscience. So on Pulev, and then he, when he turned, and then on top of that, he turned his back. He get puts he, and then in that ninth round, he gets put down twice. And then once he gets up and makes the count, the first knockdown, the second knockdown, AJ just cocks back and he just hits him with a straight that straight right and puts him down completely, and the fight's over. So. I mean, he acquitted himself to a degree, but at the same time, it was a slightly embarrassing on his part. So I think, you know, he's he's pretty much done. You know, at age 40, that was probably his last chance to really get a world title shot. He's done. Um, he did hit AJ with a couple of good shots, a couple of good jabs. Um, like, that's what I was saying in those middle rounds. He was trying to play, like how AJ was trying to somewhat play it safe and not empty out his entire gas tank. Because I'm guessing he did to a, he emptied out a good portion of it in the uh, third round. He was trying to go for the complete KO, and then let Pulev back in over the next couple rounds. But um, Pulev, obviously, if AJ was going to hit him clean, he wasn't going to be able to withstand that. So, I mean, good play to AJ. Everybody knows the fight to make right now is Tyson Fury versus AJ, and you know we'll see. It's just kind of it's the same thing like with Canelo. We'll see. Um, hopefully not too many boxing politics get in the way and we can get a great fight. Hopefully 2021 can shape up to be a great year for boxing. Obviously 2020 was a terrible year for all all things included. So we'll see what happens. Uh, very excited. Very excited for that one, though, if it does come to fruition. If not, the Tyson Fury-Uzik fight. I mean, not Tyson Fury. I mean, AJ Uzik. Even more interesting for me. But we'll follow that up on another episode. But for this episode, kudos to AJ. He's still, in my opinion, the number two heavyweight until he can beat Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is the number one after defeating Deontay Wilder. AJ, a good job getting back to his old ways, knocking people out. But he has a new style now, which is like a little, it's a hybrid of the Ruiz 2 fight and how he fought beforehand. So we'll see if he continues that or switches it up as he goes. So we'll see.